Well, good morning, everybody. Once again, thank you so much for letting me come out. Glad to be here. Last time I was here a few weeks ago was so sweet. You guys are fantastic. You, in fact, remind me quite a bit of my church back home. I grew up in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Has anybody ever heard of Shawnee, Oklahoma? It's okay if you haven't. Yeah, we got someone who's heard of Shawnee. Thank you. I'll come. So we got more people who know who Shawnee, where Shawnee is. So I grew up there in the small town of Shawnee, Oklahoma, and uh, came out here finally to the promised land of Texas just about two years ago. And people have always said things are bigger out here, and it is absolutely true. Uh, it's a great place. Love all of the brisket and food out here. People are phenomenal, too. But you guys remind me of my church. So sweet and loving and caring, open to conversation. Uh, and so I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be back again today. We're going to be hanging out in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 9 is where we're going to be hanging out today. Uh, so essentially, uh, an easy way to get there is to go to the start of the New Testament and then go just a few books to the left. Daniel chapter 9 is where we're headed today. So as someone who is seeking to follow God, I'm 24 years old right now, uh, gave my life to Christ when I was uh, a young kid, grew up in a Christian home. Thankfully, uh, the Lord provided that. But growing up, I've always had a strong desire to seek God with everything that I am, to give him everything. One of my continuous prayers is, Lord, make me into a godly man, whatever that takes. And he's put steps along my life that have molded me and shaped me. I'm sure you can think back to a few times in your life where God has just, it just has almost felt uncomfortable in the way that he has just reached his hand into your life and been shaping you. And so one area where I had nev never really thought a lot about or spent a lot of time growing uh, or considering was prayer. And so junior year of college, God spoke into my life and said, we're going to work on this for a while. And I said, okay, if you say so. And so I started finding it all over scripture, the power of prayer and the necessity for God's people to be a praying people. And not just for God's people in the big C church sense all over the world, but for you guys as a local congregation. And so for Eagle Mountain Baptist Church here in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, we want to be a church that is known for its prayer, a people who seeks God in everything. Just some of the instances where prayer is powerful all over Scripture. Acts chapter 1, uh, the disciples are devoting themselves to prayer and they're up in an upper room and they're praying together they're, just after the Lord has gone and ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit ascends on them and then just shortly after Peter is preaching a message and the Holy Spirit ascends after they've been praying and saves 3,000 people. Two instances of prayer. Uh, Daniel chapter 6. You guys know the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel prays and God closed the mouths of the lions. There are so many instances in scripture where God's people turn to him in prayer. Just earlier this week, it was so exciting. I was getting ready for this, and I found it again in Scripture somewhere. I had never seen it. Second Chronicles, 
uh, chapter 20, Jehoshaphat is in the midst of a war and God had said, I'm going to keep you safe. And then all of a sudden these enemies came and were about to destroy him. And he and the people turned back to God and literally said, God, we literally don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so today we're going to talk just a little bit about prayer and how Daniel here in chapter 9 exemplifies a God-centered prayer. So we're going to look at a God-centered prayer here this morning. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read through the first portion of chapter 9, verse, starting in verse 1. And uh, do, you can follow along with me if you want to just let the words wash over you for a moment. Feel free to do so. It's a little bit of a longer passage. So if you want to just listen, feel free to go for it. If you want to read along, go for it as well. But this is Daniel's prayer in the midst of recognizing that his people are longing to be out of bondage. It seems as though God is ready to take them out of bondage, but he doesn't know when. And he is seeking God. Lord, when are you going to deliver your people? We are hurting. And so that's where we pick up here in chapter 9 of Daniel, verse 1. He says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, by descent, a Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So there it is. He said, we're coming up on the end of this, and Lord, we're ready for you to deliver us. So here's where his prayer starts here in verse 3, so beautifully. He says, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking Him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love, with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name, to our kings and princes and our fathers and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us, open shame. As at this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and to those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them because of the treachery that they have committed against you, Lord. To us, O Lord, belongs open shame. To our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God, by walking in his laws, which he set before us by his servants. Verse 11 right here. And Israel has trans transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice and the curse and oath that are written in the law of Moses. That's in the book of Exodus. The servant of God have been poured out upon us because we have sinned against him. He has confirmed his words which he spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us by bringing upon us a great calamity for under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like it, what has been done in Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us 
Yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. Verse 14. Therefore the Lord has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that He has done, and we have disobeyed, we have not obeyed His voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought Your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for Yourself, at this day we have sinned and have done wickedly. And there's a few more verses, but we're going to come back to those at the very end. We're going to come back to them at the end, I promise. Oh my goodness. So when I read this for the first time, I said, what an amazing prayer. Daniel, you, it sounds as though your heart is just longing to be with the Lord. You are recognizing who you are in light of God. And I said, I want to know how to pray like that. So the first thing that we see here in Daniel's prayer as we pray, pray prayers that God hears, we see that God hears prayer that is humble. God hears prayer that is humble. We see that, and it's all over, but specifically in verse 3. Daniel comes to the Lord, and he says, By prayer and please for mercy with, with sackcloth and ashes I prayed to the Lord. So even in his positioning, Daniel even gets on his knees. It sounds as though he's got sackcloth and ashes on his head. And he is saying, Lord, I am nothing and you are the one who is great. So he's coming to God in a humble manner. So the first way that we see God hears prayer is humble prayer. Now, one way to enact this is my friend. uh, Well, I wish we were best friends, but H.B. Charles If you don't know who that is, a phenomenal, phenomenal preacher, one of my favorites. He says prayer is to be a first response and not a last resort. So prayer is a first response, not a last resort. And so as life comes at you, as it even has this week, we are in humility as an act of humility, as Daniel does here just after he reads the Scriptures. He goes to God first. He goes to God and prays, Lord, we seek your work to be done. And so he uses prayer as a first response, seeking God in all that he does. So this is, of course, all over Scripture. Daniel putting himself in a humble position. Uh, But first, we use it as a first response. And then how do we position ourselves humbly? Well, you have to recognize who you're talking to. Have you ever taken a moment before you pray and have recognized who you're going to speak to, who you're about to pray to? Uh, Even just this morning, I was praying for the opportunity to get up and preach, and I had to take a moment and recognize, man, this is a lot bigger than me. God, I'm just a man. Like, I I can't do anything. I can hardly roll out of bed on time most days during the week. I need you to work through me. I need your word to speak. So we are recognizing who God is in light of who we are. This can be seen as like a, uh, I used to ride a teeter-totter all the time as a little kid there in Shawnee, Oklahoma, uh, me and my brother and sister. And so obviously on teeter-totter, you can't both be up at the same time. You guys can't can't both be higher or at the same level at the same time. It's just not how it works. 
either someone's on the ground and the other person's up in the air or the other person's on the ground and the other person's up in the air. So I like to think of this as the teeter-totter principle. If you are seeing God as he truly is, then you are going to view yourself humbly. If you are seeing yourself as greater than you ought to be, then you're going to take your view of God lower than he ought to be. And so as we come to prayer in a first response, we are seeing God rightly. Isaiah 6 is a beautiful passage for this. I won't read it right now. Oh, so many beautiful scriptures to speak about it. So first, we see that prayer is to be humble. We pray humbly. That's what Daniel does here. Second, we see that God hears prayer that is God-centered. So God hears prayer that is God-centered. We see this specifically here in verse 4 as he says, I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. So he's starting off his prayer not even by making a request. He's not even starting off his prayer by saying anything but recognizing who God is. When is the last time that you, and I have to ask myself this all the time, when's the last time I came to God in prayer, humbly as a first response, where I just, for the first little bit, recognized who God is? Just said, God, you are great. I'm not. You're the one who's mighty. You're the one who can work. I'm coming to you, Lord, because you're the great and mighty one. Just like Daniel does here. So God hears prayer that is humble, and he hears prayer that is God-centered. We're going to get to some more of that here in just a little bit. Uh, so how do we pray prayer that is God-centered? I'm going to give this uh, to you just a quick little how before we keep going. In that time in life where God was molding me and shaping me, Graham, how, how do we pray? How does it seem in Scripture? We see people praying God's promises. Uh, one of my personal favorite promises to pray back to God and one of my favorite passages to pray back to God, I'll give it to you. You can have it for free if you want. It's in the Bible. It's yours. Psalm 69 is my go-to uh, it was the passage that he laid on me there junior year of college, and I have not been able to let go of. So in moments when I don't know how to pray or don't know what to pray, I very often will just turn to that because, again, praying God's promises. It starts, oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you, and my soul, it thirsts for you, my flesh, as in a dry and weary land, it faints for you. God, I have seen you in your power and glory. And Lord, my lips, they will praise you forever. And he goes on to say, my soul is satisfied with you with fat and, as though with fat and rich foods. My soul, it seeks you. And Lord, I come to you in the watches of the night. And it's just a gorgeous passage where it is praying God's scripture right back to him, even in the moments when I don't know what to say. So, we see that God hears prayer that is humble here as Daniel is speaking. God hears prayer that is God-centered. 
and next. God hears prayer that is confessional. So this is just, it's all over the passage. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable how much he gives it to you. Starting there in verse 5, if you're following along, he says, We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and your rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name, to our kings and our princes, to our fathers, and to all the people of the land. So we haven't even got to his request for God, from God yet. He's still like just going hard on all this other stuff. So he comes to him humbly, and then he's recognizing who God is, and then he's recognizing his sin in his own life and in his life as a people. Uh, for a long time, I used to think that praying a confession of sin would make God want to go away from me. He said, you're a sinner? Like, I don't want to listen to that. And he would just run the other direction. But it's not true. All over Scripture, God seeks to be near to the brokenhearted. Matthew chapter 5, God is near. The kingdom is theirs, those who are lowly and humble. God seeks out those who are humble. So in your prayers, I encourage you to take time to confess sin before getting to anything else that may be going on in your life. So, we see that it is confessional. Uh, there's so much to get to. I'm trying to decide what all we should, we should jump into. Uh, so, second, he does see that sin, uh, that prayer is confessional. But he also has a serious view of sin. He also has a serious view of sin. And so, as he's going through this passage... And we'll get to more in just a little bit. But he's recognizing that the sin that he has done could remove him from God's kingdom. In fact, over in the, well, my second page, but around verse 12 and 13, he says, God, we've disobeyed you, the laws that are in Exodus. And so we deserve your wrath. We deserve for you to destroy us forever. And yet, God has continued to be gracious upon them. And just for us, it's the same. For the Christ followers in the room, honestly, we don't deserve, we don't deserve salvation. But only by God's grace we get to receive salvation. And so, it, it is so important for us to come to God first when we are seeking God thanking Him for salvation because the wrong that we have done against Him and the seriousness of sin that we deserve. So, continuing on, God listens. 1 John, in fact, chapter 1 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man, in Lamentations 3 says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. So God's faithfulness seeks after those who confess their sin, who are confessional with God in their prayers. So, Next, we see that God hears prayers that is humble, prayer that is God-centered, prayer that is confessional, 
And then we see God hears prayer that believes. There's a guy named Alex Haley. Uh, I never got to meet him or uh, anything like that, but I have heard an excellent story from him. He's a preacher uh, who, again, H.B. Charles, one of my favorites, uh, admires. And he is a man who, in his office, had a picture of a turtle. So uh, you can imagine uh, walking into someone's office, but it wasn't just any turtle. It was a turtle sitting up on a fence post. And people would walk into his office and say, Alex, why in the world do you have a turtle on, your, on a fence post as a picture in your office? Because it just doesn't make sense why anyone would have that. It's not even supposed to be there. And Alex would look at them and say, because when you see a picture of a turtle up on a fence post, you know he did not get there on his own. Somebody came along, picked up that turtle, and set him up there. Because I ain't never seen a turtle climb up a fence post. But the illustration is that we pray prayers that God would place us only where God can take us. And so Daniel here is praying prayers, confessing sin, but is praying in such a way that only God can get in there. And he's praying with a heart where only God can get in there. So we're going to continue on with the verses. We stopped just shy of it earlier, but we're going to continue on with it in verse 16. So if you would, we're going to see him continue on his prayer, praying in such a way that only God can deliver can deliver him. Here in verse 16, he says, O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy hill, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now, therefore, O God, Listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy and for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear, open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. Verse 19, he says, O Lord, Hear, O Lord, forgive. Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake. O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. So he lifts to God this prayer saying, Lord, (laughs) almost echoing what Jehoshaphat had said in uh, 2 Chronicles 20. God, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you because you're the only one who can take us where we need to be. Lord, we pray to you not because we just need a little bit of help, but because, Lord, we are helpless. And something so beautiful that he speaks here in this passage is in verse 18. I want you to take just a moment and see verse 18. He says, Oh my God, incline your ear. Open your eyes and see our desolations in the city that is called by your name. This, this phrase, incline your ear, it's as though he is looking to God and asking, 
God to hush the angels in heaven and to peer over heaven and listen to what Daniel is praying. Lord, we are a broken people and we need you so much. I, Father, we know that you're the only one that can take us where we need to be. Would you quiet out everything else that is happening and listen to what your servant has to say? Father, we need you that much. And he is praying it, believing that God can do it. Because God can do it. So Daniel is seeking the Lord. He is praying in such a way that only God can answer. And truly, those are the prayers that are beautiful to look back on and see that God has worked. Uh, The times in my personal life where I look back and I see, God, you did such great work is when I was praying that in a way that only God could do it. Uh, at my church there in Shawnee, Oklahoma, we're, it was a church called Wallace Avenue, is a church called Wallace Avenue Baptist Church, and uh, we were a church replant. And so it was a small church there in Southside Shawnee, Oklahoma, not a whole lot kicking there in Southside Shawnee, Oklahoma. We got like a Dollar General Uh, We've got like a Mexican restaurant that's super average and uh, not a whole lot else going on out there. But we do have a lot of people. There's a lot of people in Southside Shawnee and not a lot of healthy churches there in Southside Shawnee. And so God had sent me out there and I I was 18, didn't know, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, but they allowed me to come be a part of the church, be a part of the uh, worship program there at their church. And we just decided to devote ourselves to prayer. We said, we're going to be a church that whatever happens in the next months, weeks, years, because we had no idea what was going to happen to us even in the next couple months, we said, we're just going to be a people of prayer. And so each Sunday morning, we would set time to pray. Wednesday nights, we would set time to pray. We had people in the church who would devote themselves to prayer for the church, not just for the church, but for the community. And we would pray for the church and our, our people and for the community that was so lost in such a way that we knew only God could do it. God, would you, would you soften their hearts to hear your word because they need you and we're here. Would you allow us to... Do your work, Father. We're humble. We see that you're the only one who can do it. And God did a mighty work there at Wallace Avenue. And people from the neighborhood were hearing the gospel. We were reaching people and having conversations with people who that church hadn't had conversations with in years. And they're now continuing. Though I'm out here in Fort Worth, they're continuing to do work there in Southside Shawnee, reaching that community. Even when they thought that they weren't going to make it for even the next year at that time. And looking back on that and seeing that that is something that only God could do is so sweet. So sweet to know that, God, you did that. We're just a bunch of, we're just a bunch of kids. Like, I don't know. I still don't know what I'm doing most days. But I'm so thankful that God works powerfully when his people pray. So we see Daniel speaking through here 
And we have one last portion. So we see, uh, what is it? We see that God uh, hears prayer that is humble. God hears prayer that is God-centered. So we want to pray prayers that is, are God-centered. We see that God hears prayer that is confessional. Prayer that believes. And there's one last portion here that we see that we're going to jump into just real quickly and then we'll be finished. God hears prayer that needs Him. So we already spoke about it just a little bit, but God hears prayer that needs Him, simply. And that's there in verse 18. God hears prayer that needs Him. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, hear. Lord, forgive. Pay attention and act. Do not delay for your own sake. So one thing that I've put into practice uh, almost every time I pray now, and I would encourage you to do so, uh, if you don't already have a, a, a way that you pray, I would encourage you to each time at the end of your prayers, say, Lord, I want to pray these things not for my sake, but for your sake. Lord, would you work in my life, not for my name, but for your name, just like we talked, last, talked about last time in Ezekiel 20. Okay, so now we're going to do application real quick, and then we'll be finished, I promise. But what do we do now? So now that we see how Daniel prays so beautifully and so powerfully, how do we people, how do we be a church of people, Eagle Mountain, how do you be a church that going out of here can be a church that prays prayer that God hears that is humble and all of these things. There's a few just practical ways that you can do it. And uh, I bet Pastor Cecil will be, he'll give you even more awesome tips on how to uh, walk through all of this in the coming days. But uh, a great starting place is first to make a list of things that need to be prayed for in your personal life, for others around you, and, and for those who are lost in your life. So a list of needs in your life, a list of people around you who you can pray for, and a list of people who are lost around you. Don't forget that. That is something that's forgotten so often. People that are lost. I've heard it said, uh, uh, we pray more often for Christians to stay out of heaven than for sinners to stay out of hell. And I want to be a man who lives a life who prays most often for sinners to stay out of hell that they would find salvation. So don't forget that portion. Make a list. Uh, second is start small. So you can take a small amount of time in the mornings, in the afternoons, at your lunch break, uh, in the evenings, right before you go to bed, and get on your knees and just pray to the Lord your heart, thanking Him for all that He has done and doing these things that Daniel does. Lastly, uh, you can do the acts of prayer, A-C-T-S. Uh, you can walk through those uh, and pray God adoration, confession, thankfulness, and supplication. Walking through those is a great way to get started as well. So, uh, as a people who want to be people who pray, I just want to encourage you, lastly, to, as we go from here, whether uh, in your life is really sweet right now, if you're in a really sweet time or a really difficult time in your life, whatever it is that's going on, 
I ask that you would seek to be a person who seeks God through prayer. So right now, we're going to actually take just a short moment to, to pray. Uh, and the worship band can go ahead and head on up here. Uh, but we're going to take just a moment to pray. Uh, and we're going to uh, seek to do this right now, just what Daniel did. So go ahead and think through what it is in your life that you've been neglecting to lift to God in prayer. And we're going to take a moment, and just right where you're seated, you can pray that God would, uh, that God would work in your life. Uh, pray humbly. Uh, thank Him for what He has already done in your life. Thank Him for who He is. And then after that, uh, I'll pray for us, and then we'll sing. Lord, I thank you for this church, the work that you're doing here. Father, I pray that you would continue to use them. And Lord, we come to you humbly today as a body of believers. You. You are the one who is great and mighty. You're the one who is worthy to be praised, not us. So, Lord, I, I thank you for who you are. We can come to you. And, Lord, I, I want to confess sin, Lord, like the, the wrongs that I've done against you, the disobedience that I have done myself and, and us as a body. Lord, we, we recognize that we've done wrong. We have wronged you. But, Lord, we're thankful for place our hope and our trust if we confess your name and confess you as and be saved Lord I want to just pray a blessing over Eagle Mountain Father may you continue to use this church mightily in this community Father do not neglect the hearing of your people Lord may you May, may we even be a people who pray in such a way that, Father, you, you hush out everything that is going on to hear your servants here at Eagle Mountain seeking you because, Father, they want to. We want to be a people who glorify your name. So, Father, in the coming days, weeks, months, and years here, Lord, may the community the lost people, the saved people around the area, look at Eagle Mountain and say, that is a place that seeks God with everything that they have. In prayer, in action, in speech. In such a way, Lord, that we can look back and say, God, you have done in this place only what you can do. Not any man, but only what you could do. So, Father, I thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.